Chinese property giant Evergrande has been told to liquidate by a Hong Kong court in a move set to send ripples through financial markets around the world. It comes after the world's most indebted developer was crushed by more than 300 billion US dollars in liabilities. In a moment, we'll speak with David Zhang from China Insider to find out what it all means. First, though, a look at how the Evergrande disaster unfolded. Chinese property giant Evergrande has been told to liquidate in a move set to send ripples through financial markets. A Hong Kong court gave the order Monday morning. It comes after the world's most indebted developer was crushed by more than $300 billion in liabilities. The firm defaulted on its debts back in 2021, throwing the country's whole property market into turmoil. Now the liquidation order is likely to deepen the crisis in the sector and jolt China's fragile capital markets. Beijing was already grappling with an underperforming economy and stocks wallowing near five-year lows. Now any new hit to markets could undermine revival efforts and ramp up demands for more stimulus measures. Evergrande had been working on a $23 billion debt revamp plan with bondholders. But those efforts were scuppered last September when billionaire founder Hui Kaiyan was put under investigation for suspected crimes. A liquidation petition was first filed back in June 2022, but the proceedings were adjourned multiple times as Evergrande scrambled for a survival plan. At least three other developers have already been ordered to liquidate by Hong Kong courts. For more, we are joined by David Jang from China Insider. David, always great to speak with you. And we have been speaking about Evergrande's liquidation for quite some time and what has been happening there. Talk to us about what you believe will be the impact on the global real estate market. Will there be a domino effect? We first have to see if mainland courts, the three courts that are supposed to rule on the case of Evergrande, accept the decision by the uh, Hong Kong court. And if they do so, then we will see a uh, mainland-wide, I guess you call it market impact. Now, globally, I know that Evergrande had filed for a Chapter 11 bankruptcy in the US, uh, the United States. So that portion has already been shielded off. And I think that most of the impact is going to be felt in the domestic Chinese market. And I believe it's going to kick off a, a dramatic series uh, of uh, discoveries, I would say, for Chinese investors and banks to find that how much they can really claw back from this uh, liquidation will be, I, I, in my view, tremendously low in comparison to the amount of debt this is just Evergrande we're talking about, but there's more than one developers in China facing very similar situations, just not as uh, recent as Evergrande in terms of development. David, for those who are unfamiliar, just give us an idea of how we ended up here. How did Evergrande end up in a mess where it's owing more than 300 billion US dollars? It's a situation of not telling the terminal patient that the disease is uh, very much terminal uh, until it is already too late. And this is being lied to by the entire hospital, so to speak, until the very last moment. And this is really coming from the outside factor. But keep in mind that this ruling from Hong Kong was not even driven by domestic pressure. It's driven by foreign investors who essentially told Hong Kong uh, court yeah. officials that they need their money back. And talk to us about the steps the Chinese government may actually take to try and reduce the broader economic impact of the liquidation. Is there anything they can do or try to do? One of the ongoing efforts is to drag this uh, restructuring before the uh, liquidation as long as possible to sort of uh, kind of wait for the economy to regenerate so that they can 
uh, sort of pain and, and, and push this down the road. But so far, I don't see any real plans because what's waiting for them after Evergrande are other developers like Country Garden, who basically have, you know, together with Evergrande, I believe, more than 500 billion in debt. So the, it, this is a mounting issue, and it's yeah. not one that they can systematically solve. Is this about regulation? Should it require regulatory change to try and prevent this and to see, I guess, a post-Evergrande crisis? Because we know that uh, the Australian government, heavily reliant on China for income and revenue, is saying they are watching very closely. We think about the iron ore stocks that are sold from countries like Australia to China as well, and just how reliant the world is on China being maybe not the biggest economy, but at least one of them, because they make so many things and also just a huge consumer economy there now as well. Um, talk to us about what the government may need to do when it comes to regulation. Any appetite? The government has actually pushed back uh, or, I guess, relaxed on uh investments into the real estate. But uh, I, I question how much of that will be impactful given the confidence issue. That's not solvable by uh, regulations. It has to come from policy changes uh, from the very top, which I don't see it happening anytime soon. When we talk about this domino effect, how would that play out in a worst case scenario? We would essentially see the collapse of the entire real estate sector in China, or the beginning of that, which is about 30% of the overall economy. That doesn't just end there because it ties into local governments and their financing vehicles and hidden debt, uh, the shadow banking industry, the overall economic consumption and, and, and uh, everything that runs around the real estate. So this is not really just a singular issue. It's the start of multiple issues going uh, combust, combust mode. Yeah. All right. David Jang, as always, appreciate your time here on Ticker. Thank you.